The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose, along with Joe Beamer this morning. Brian is off again today. He'll be back with us tomorrow morning. Right now, it's 70 degrees in Buffalo. We'll check out the Just Call Jed forecast for you coming up in just a few minutes. But the heat will be on, especially starting tomorrow. The Buffalo Bills head to St. John Fisher University for three weeks of training camp in preparation for the upcoming season. WBEN's Brayton Wilson has more on these preparations that go into camp in Pittsford. Training camp is always an exciting time of year for not just the Buffalo Bills or for football fans of Western New York, but also for the folks at St. John Fisher University who get the opportunity to host the team for a few weeks every summer. I mean, it is great for the university, the staff and the faculty that are here the alumni that get a chance to come by and see their university on a national level like this and just for the area Rochester and Monroe County to welcome the team back so we're just putting the final touches on things and we're pretty excited to welcome the team and then the fans on Wednesday. That's Todd Harrison director of camp operations at St. John Fisher. The preparation for training camp typically begins every January or February where Harrison and other officials from the university start to meet with the Bills and begin to work on a number of things that went well the year prior things that need changing or other other facilities that will affect daily operations of camp in a given summer. While there are always some challenges with hosting training camp, Harrison feels the experience and consistency of his group over the two-plus decades of partnering with the Bills has helped make this annual process easier every year. Part of the allure, I think, for Coach McDermott and Brandon Bean and some of the group is that the players are in dorms, and so we have the facilities to handle that. But there is, logistically, our executive chef will work with the Bills nutritionist on what it is that the team wants. Our physical facilities and student housing groups will make sure that things that need to be done in the dorms are ready. There are some renovations or other things that may go on. There's academic programs. And so it really is just having an understanding of what the ultimate goals are of each of the units and what things are coming on and then communicating. Tuesday, we'll see the entire Bills team reporting to camp in Rochester before the first practice in front of fans will take place Wednesday morning at 9.45 a.m. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Thank you, Brayton. What are your expectations for the Bills this season? It's our WBEN.com web poll this morning. Higher than last year? The same as last year? Less than last year? It's something to think about this morning. So far, 55%, the biggest block of voters, say it's about the same as last year. 9% say it's higher than last year, and 36% say less than last year. You can check in with us over at WBEN.com. As we look into the rise of car thefts in western New York, WBEN's Tom Puckett is checking in with one town to see how things are going there. Stolen vehicles are on the rise in Cheektowaga, says Police Captain Brian Coons. Just for stolen vehicles, let's just say the Kias, for instance, in uh, this time period, as far as uh, January to June of 2022, uh, we were seeing like two stolen Kias at this point this year. Between January and June, uh, we're at 52 already. Coons says car break-ins have also increased, where suspects are smashing windows to grab anything valuable inside. If you have lighting, Uh, on your driveway. Um, Make sure that uh, that is operable. Um, Do not keep items that are visible inside your vehicle. Um, Make sure that uh, your doors are locked, Um, alarms are on. Hear more from Coons online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. 
Thank you, Tom. WBEN News Time 505. Buffalo Police investigating the harassment of a female worker and vandalism at Casanova Park over the weekend. Olmsted officials say between 3 and 7 o'clock on Friday, unknown individuals harassed a female worker, broke glass bottles, broke a mirror in the park's restroom, tore a sink from the wall, threw trash cans into the road, and ripped plants from the ground. Then on Sunday, vandals smashed two exterior glass door windows at the Casanova Park Casino, kicked in the building's retaining walls, and threw garbage around the park. The damage estimated at more than $5,000. We have pictures of the damage at WBEN.com. Anyone with information is asked to call or text the police confidential tip call line at 716-847-2255. This afternoon, the Buffalo Common Council expected to reconsider the request from Mayor Byron Brown to provide a $562,000 bailout for Bray Miller Market. Today is the last council meeting before the August recess. A head-on crash yesterday morning took the life of an Elma man. It happened on Clinton Street near French Road in West Seneca around 5.30 yesterday morning. 49-year-old David Sion was pronounced dead at the scene. He was struck head-on by an eastbound vehicle driven by 32-year-old Zachary Poisson of West Seneca, who crossed the center line. Poisson suffered minor injuries. Criminal charges are pending, according to police. The extreme heat in Phoenix has the pavement getting so hot that people are arriving at hospitals with severe burns. After so many days of temperatures well above 110 degrees, Arizona's only verified burn center says its burn unit has been consistently full during the brutal heat wave. Valleywise Health has turned a room in its ER, once used as an overflow for COVID patients, into a place to treat the most severe cases of heat exhaustion arriving. About a third of the patients have contact burns, sometimes people falling on the hot pavement and getting burned. A majority of the heat-related contact burns are to homeless people who have been outside. Alex Stone, EBC News. Wow, they, the heat exhaustion obviously is one thing, but the burns, just incredible there. Uh, also in the South, the Department of Justice suing Texas after Republican Governor Greg Abbott defiantly ignored yesterday's deadline to remove razor-wired buoys in the Rio Grande installed to deter migrants coming from Mexico. Leadership from Mexico, they're ra- raising red flags right now saying Texas is in violation of a number of international treaties. So they are asking that the buoys be taken down as well. So, you know, I think that this is something that is going to play out once again in the courts, and it could take months before we see any sort of resolve. That's Maria Villarreal on the southern border. A missing paddle boarder whose body was recovered on Martha's Vineyard has been identified as a sous chef during the Obama administration. The Obamas released a statement saying their hearts are broken. Divers recovered the body of a missing paddleboarder Monday about 100 feet from shore on Martha's Vineyard, and he was later identified as 45-year-old Tafari Campbell, who was a sous chef during the Obama administration. Campbell was visiting the vineyard, but the former president and first lady were not there at the time. Chef Tafari Campbell leaves behind a wife and two sons. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. A terrifying moment played out on live TV over the weekend. ESPN analyst Shekha Hislop 
collapsing on air minutes before a soccer match at the Rose Bowl. The 54-year-old former Premier League player seen stumbling before collapsing to the ground. His co-host, Dan Thomas, immediately calling for medical staff before the broadcast cut to a commercial. Later at halftime, a visibly relieved Thomas gave viewers an update on Hislop's condition. It's good news. He's conscious. He's talking. And now Hislop himself speaking out. Every so often, life gives you a moment to pause, and, and this was mine. There's so much I have to be thankful for. My wife, kids, family, loved ones. Hislop ending his message by thanking the ESPN employees that rushed to his aid, saying he'll be back soon. All right, Andrew Dimbert with that. Uh, tough to see, a very scary situation. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Partly sunny today. It's going to be warm. Temperatures in the low 80s with some scattered showers and thunder showers developing as the day moves along. Tonight, mild and muggy. Lows in the mid-60s. Hot on Wednesday with sunshine. Highs near 90. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Todd Harrison, Director of Camp Operations for St. John Fisher. Uh, Todd, good morning. You've been involved with this for so many years. Does it ever get easy? I mean, it gets easier in the sense that uh, we you can anticipate what the next things are and that the both teams in, at Fisher and at the Bills have been consistent. So our open lines of communication uh, are there. And so problems that arise are able to be easily resolved. So that part is easier. But the logistics and the time spent, uh, that just has to has to get done. Well, from your perspective, why is this such a good fit for the Bills? I was reading that only seven of 32 NFL teams still hold training camp on college campuses. Well, I think that it is partially uh, the size of the market in Buffalo. Uh, the original idea was to regionalize the team, uh, that the the fan base, and the, and the corporate base, not only in Western New York spreading towards Rochester, but into Southern Ontario would help expand the Bills market. Uh, but also on a physical facility perspective, the Bills, or uh, sorry, St. John Fisher is a pretty small campus. And so the move from uh, the dorms to the dining facilities, to the athletic facilities, uh, to the fields themselves, those are all pretty small. And so there's not a lot of you don't see a lot of bikes or things that are needed. The players themselves can, can just sort of move around pretty easily. All right. Well, logistics I find fascinating for something like this. I think it's maybe over 300 people that you're really taking care of, right, for the next three weeks. How do you prepare for that? Yeah, so there would be the, the 90 players, uh, the coaching staff, members of the Bills community, so they're – their ticket staff, the media, uh, interns, a bunch of other people. So uh, we have the facility. We, ho- we house 12, 1,300 students a year. So the, there's an infrastructure that's built in terms of dorms and in terms of laundry facilities and in terms of food services. So it is really just making sure that the standards of an NFL franchise uh, are, are met by what we have in place already, uh, and and then just adapting to the changing, the small changes that the team may have year over year. What has changed over the years with players arriving? I mean, I remember years ago when you'd see the big TVs being brought in by players, or even beds. Right? They they didn't like the the dorm twin bed. What's changed with that? So there has been. Uh, uh, there used to be. You're correct in that there were twin beds and. Uh, some of those pieces now there are queen or king beds that are brought in that would that would 
sort of meet the the needs. Uh, the TVs would be sort of brought in by the by the team itself, and there's not as many players that, that who would bring those in. So a lot of the the support services, the the quality of, of I guess support that the the Bills would provide to the team, um, to the players themselves. Uh, I think moving around the the increase in sports science um so there's there's just more training facilities and more late night uh training opportunities that they would move around and so it's just meeting the needs of the players um and then whatever technology uh would afford the video team and other things it to to do things easier than they used to be and it must be a huge staff that's just helping with food and the special diets of these players I would say that our dining facilities uh, are among the top in the state and in the country. And so our executive chef and and general manager and the entire food staff are just top of the line. And they work with the Bill's nutrition team to make sure that uh, what is provided for a lunch meets the needs or after a practice or in late night and snacks that they would have that each of those things is ready. But it is a and, and that is just the team side. We have hospitality guests that would be in each day that the that same team is helping to support um and so it is quite a, a significant endeavor uh to meet the needs of the team and the and the players themselves but also all of the hospitality guests that the bill's business development side is trying to support and cultivate relationships with boy i can't even imagine i'm talking with Todd Harrison, Director of Camp Operations for St. John Fisher University, getting ready for Bill's Veterans to report today. Uh, the first practice is tomorrow morning. Uh, tickets sold out like immediately. As soon as they were available, they were gone for this. What should the public know if they have a ticket for one of these practices coming up? I, I think that the, the transit in, uh, those pieces have been pretty consistent over the last decade or more. Um, if they are if fans are traveling in, Pittsburgh Menden and Pittsburgh Sutherland are still the schools that uh, would allow for shuttling. And those are, and that's really the easiest way in. It, it's a dollar. You get on the shuttle. It's just a 10-minute ride, five-minute ride, and it lands right at the top of a hill that gets you into the facility. And then there's buses that are just cycling the whole time. So uh, Pittsburgh Menden and Pittsburgh Sutherland. Um, and then um, – if there are if there are passes like all of the the entry points that you would have to campus uh, have been consistent for years and I think that not much has changed in that way which is uh, back to an earlier question something that is allowed for the bills to maintain the relationship with the university uh, in Pittsburgh and, and coming back yeah and and you know training camp is opening at a time when some intense heat is moving into the region. How prepared are you for this, and, and what do you do when, you know, when things get really hot, over 90 degrees? Yeah, I was just listening uh, to, the, to the weather as, as I was waiting, and uh, it is something that we deal with. Coach McDermott, uh, and this uh, gets to some of the planning that the coaching staff has. Practices are earlier in the morning, uh, not only to try to beat some of the heat, but afternoon thunderstorms that may come around or things to, to handle some of the weather. So. We will, uh, as an institution, will support the fans. We'll have additional water stations. There'll be cooling spaces, uh, depending on if, if heat comes later and we have an afternoon practice that's there, we may have 
uh, misters or the Monroe County Water Authority supporting some pieces. So we will just have, we'll be extra vigilant and and helping to distribute water and make sure that fans are as comfortable as they need. Uh, but uh, on the on the team side, they take all of the precautions possible uh, to to make sure that the players themselves don't get overheated, that there's training staff, cooling spaces. And so uh, the practices in the morning are, are intended to help kind of alleviate some of these problems. Well, I hope it's a great camp. Thanks so much. Uh, the next three weeks are going to be pretty busy for you. So thank you for joining me this morning, Todd. Thank you for having me. Todd Harrison, Director of Camp Operations for St. John Fisher University. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.